Welcome to the Super Expander Podcast. My name is Corrine Phelps, your host. I'm a business and growth coach, money mindset expert, and a multi-passionate entrepreneur. My journey has taken me all over from working in finance to owning a boutique fitness studio. I found myself burnt out, miserable, and questioning everything. Saying things to myself like, there's got to be more to life than this. Refusing to settle for a mediocre existence, I went all in, learning how to harness untapped potential and rewire the subconscious mind to create an extraordinary life. The last 10 years have been a crash course in self-love, building a business, creating community, building wealth, and doing what it takes to just freaking go for it. My mission is to help you align to your purpose, rewire your subconscious to support your big dreams and vision and create a life that you're absolutely obsessed with. So sit back, tune in and prepare to expand. Some days I just want to pinch myself. I get to have conversations with the most exciting, epic human beings. And today's guest is just one of those special women. She is an adventure seeker and packs so much wisdom into everything that she does. Meet Sandra Joe. Sandra Joe was born and raised in Vancouver, Canada, where she spent her childhood snowboard racing, horseback riding, and playing competitive sports. In her 20s, she spent the majority of her time traveling the world before settling in Melbourne, Australia for seven years, where she worked as a financial planner since October of 2013. After returning to Vancouver in March of 2020, because of the pandemic, she decided that the corporate world just wasn't for her. And she decided to reinvent herself in the online education space. Sandra has a background in network marketing, which opened her eyes to personal development and coaching. She combines those skills with her financial planning background to create make that money, honey, financial coaching. She now runs a thriving financial coaching business and is the host of make that money, honey podcast, and is passionate about teaching women the skills and self-belief for them to effectively manage and earn and grow their wealth. I'm so thrilled to be able to share Sandra Joe with you today. Hello, hello, super expanders. How are you? I'd love to introduce you to Sandra Joe. Woo! Thank you so much for having me on the show today, Corey. I'm super excited. Oh, thank you so much for being here. I know you're super busy and it's really, you know, time is our most non-renewable resource. So when someone carves out time, I just want to let you know, I, I very much appreciate you saving the space in your day to have this conversation. Yeah. Always happy to be on another podcast as well. <laughs> yeah. Sandra and I met in a mastermind and we, we share a lot of common, common threads here. We both are obsessed with money (laughs) (laughs) and, but, but in different, and we, our zones of genius here are different, different corners. So before we dive into all things, wealth, money, and that sort of thing, I'd love for you to share with everyone who, like, who is Sandra Joe? Like I go deep on the first question. I just dive right in there. 
I mean, geez, you didn't prepare me for that one. Who's Sandra Joe? That's a great question. So um, before I got into finance, I was really a wild child. I spent most of my 20s traveling around the world. I was a former scuba diving instructor, lived in four different countries teaching scuba diving, ended up living in Mexico City and studying Spanish for two years at a university there. And when I was living in Mexico, I actually met an Australian guy and moved over to Melbourne, Australia, where I've essentially been living for the last seven years before the pandemic hit. And so, you know, uh, who is Sandra Doe? She's a world traveler. She's a ambitious adrenaline junkie who has, you know, lived all over the world, met some incredible people along the way, and has always really had that eye for adventure and for living outside of the lines. So that is, you know, <laughs> the winging it on that question. But yeah, that's how I got into, you know, the world that I'm in today, where I was living in Melbourne, Australia, and working as a financial planner in the corporate world. It was something that I had been introduced to from my family. My family's got a finance background. So I was kind of like, well, can't make any money teaching scuba diving or being a snowboard instructor. So what am I going to get a real job? Got the real job and just found it just wasn't fulfilling. So transitioned into the online space when I moved back to Canada. And here we are. <laughs> I didn't know this world traveler adrenaline junkie. Now I'm, I'm starting to think that I need to come find you and we need to hang out because we, we could do some damage and have some fun together. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's, you know, we often identify with our career or with our job title. It's like, who is Sandra Joe? Oh, she's a financial coach, but who is she actually? It's, you know, spent 10, 12 years traveling around the world with a backpack or living in third world countries, you know, Egypt being one of them. And going all over the place. So I think that that defines me a lot more than my career and my, you know, role is what I do now. Yeah. Nailed it. That's why I, that's why I lead with that question because we've become so accustomed to leading with that question that sometimes I think it's, it actually starts to send the message that that is who we are. Right. And then we start to this, this part of us, the like true essence of us starts to, to get lost. So I love sharing that with, like leading with that question, because I think it's really important for your, the audience to get to know like who you, you really are. So you're an adrenaline junkie world traveler. Who's, I mean, it sounds like you've, you've had a pretty amazing life to this point in terms <laughs> of life experiences. Tell us a little bit about you worked in finance and then it wasn't fulfilling you. How did you take your, your zone of genius, this expertise and translate it into the online world? Great question. And, you know, I have to credit it to my experience in network marketing because I was working as a financial planner, was introduced to network marketing probably four or five years ago now uh, with a company that is a U.S.-based company, but it was in Australia. I was living in Australia at the time. And I went to my first personal development event and I actually... My boyfriend at the time dragged me there kicking and screaming because he knew that I was not in a good mental place. And he knew that if I saw this one particular speaker, it would have a really lasting impact on me. And so I, I went there, you know, I thought it was going to be a cult thing. I was just like so close minded to this and whatever. And then I realized that I didn't know what I didn't know 
And it opened up my eyes to a whole world of personal development. It opened up my eyes to people who were living a different lifestyle than I was and were living essentially the life of their dreams because they had stepped outside their comfort zone to create it. And then I went back to my day job and I just remember going into work and, you know, I was really good at my job, but it wasn't fulfilling to me because I wasn't having impact on people's lives. I was giving them instructions on what to do with their money and putting a plan together and helping them invest and all of that, but it wasn't an impact for them. They weren't walking out of those meetings going, wow, that was so enlightening. And I just remember going into work and thinking, there's something else out there for me where I can have a bigger impact on people's lives. I don't know what it is, but you know, going to these personal development events really opened my eyes to how can we create a world where we all help each other and where we all encourage each other to level up and support each other to level up. And I just wasn't doing that. And I remember thinking, what's my next excuse to call in sick so that I can work on my side hustle where I'm having more impact? And that's when I knew that the corporate world was not for me. I had to be doing something different, something bigger, something, you know, with more passion, with more life and created my business in 2020 and 2021 as a result of that. Just went for it. I love, I love that. I also feel like you're essentially describing you, you stepped out of the matrix. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Right? It was, yeah, it's, it sounds very much like that. You like walked into this thing almost not accidentally, but not by choice. And it just lifted the veil. And now you can't unsee what you saw. I couldn't unsee the possibility of not, not necessarily network marketing. Cause I don't, I'm not, you know, involved in network marketing anymore, but it opened my eyes to, there's a different way of earning a living, being able to say yes, more going out and, you know, spending the day, however you please and not feeling like, oh, I got to rush into work or, you know, I couldn't take my dog for a walk this morning because I accidentally overslept and now I'm going to be late for a meeting. Like, it's just, that just wasn't me. Speak in my language, speak in my language. <laughs> <laughs> Freedom is one of my core values. So oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mine as well. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about, about your, or your business, your online programs. What, what does that look like? Yeah. So uh, I basically took what I learned in network marketing, which was personal development, growth, you know, removing limiting beliefs and, and really putting ourselves out there to create a new world of possibility. I took what I learned in those conferences and, and events to coupling it with my financial planning background. And I worked in finance for almost, almost nine years and, you know, had the, did the whole university thing and nine years of education and all that. And I said, okay, I don't want to waste my financial education because there's definitely a huge technical expertise there, but how can I couple that with what I learned from a personal development side? And I created my financial coaching business to really encourage and empower women specifically, but not exclusively. So I work with couples and I work with men as well, but I really wanted to encourage women to start taking ownership of managing their money, learning how to grow their income and learning how to grow their wealth. And not, as you said, not just thinking, 
I need to go to university, get a job, do the thing, buy the house, have the kids. And that's all that, you know, life has for me. I want to encourage and empower women to earn more, have two or three income streams, be comfortable with investing and thinking about financial independence from, I don't need a man to support me in my lifestyle. You know, I, I can support my kids. I can take them on holidays and I can do it all myself if I need to, or if I want to. And that was the essence of what I wanted to achieve because I love working with women. And I find that as a general statement, and this is obviously, you know, not true for everybody, but as a general statement, when I did a poll of the women in my network, the majority of them said, oh, my husband deals with that. Or, oh, I, I just don't really, I'm not that interested in investing. Or I don't really know where our money goes because my, you know, my partner manages it. And I was like, oh, it just got under my skin. I'm like, but you are an income earner and you are a contributor to the household. How do you not know where your money's invested? How do you not want to earn more so that you can do more? and say yes to more. And that's how I created my business. So my business really is about taking control of your finances and taking an interest in where your money goes every month, not just from a bills and expenses perspective, but how do you want to allocate your income to the different growth plan that you have for your life and for your future? So it's it's not just about getting by, it's about looking at well, what are your financial goals? What are your goals and dreams? What do you want to be able to say yes more? And, you know, you said one of your core values is freedom. So freedom costs money sometimes, yeah, right? It does. <laughs> and, and, and people, you know, people think about freedom as this, they can say, oh, you know, it's kind of woo-woo or whatever, but it's like, when you have money, you have opportunity. And that opportunity might be saying, hey, I'm going to go away for a month and live in Costa Rica because, you know, I want to. <laughs> And you can just book a plane ticket and go the next day. And if that's what you're passionate about, that's what you can do, right? So my business of financial coaching is about empowering people, not just women, to be able to say yes more, to not have to stress when they open their online banking and they log into their online banking, to be debt-free and not reliant on credit cards or personal loans or lines of credit to fund their lifestyle, and to really have that freedom of being able to live their life on their terms, however that looks like for them, whether they're an employee or whether they're an entrepreneur, whatever that means to them. You're speaking my love language right now. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite sayings is, I don't want to have to ask my bank account for permission. Oh, I love that. I'm going to use that. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to quote you on one of my podcasts now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't want to have to ask my bank account for permission. And I think when we step into that place, you actually start to find out who you really are. Like you really, really start to find out who you are because you can give freely to mm -hmm. help those that you want to help. You can indulge in your heart's desires. And I feel like it can be a little bit mis misunderstood that that means that you're just like so ridiculously decadent and shallow, but it's not, it's actually being, you're like, you actually get to take your time here on this planet and live your life to the most fullest capacity. And that's truly, I mean, that's why we're here. Yeah. And, and as you mentioned at the start of the podcast, time is the only 
commodity that we don't get back, that we can't earn more of. So why would we waste our time playing small and just having this mentality that our lives are infinite when they're not? We have a finite amount of time on earth. And so if you want to do more of the things that you want to do in your life, how are you going to make that happen? Instead of sitting on the couch watching Netflix every night, what could you be doing in your spare time to create more abundance so that, you know, when the world opens up or, or when things start to feel normal again, that you can actually go out and say, yeah, I want to do that trip and take a month off my work or work from somewhere else or, and have that capability. Because one of the first things that people say, if you're to ask them, Hey, do you want to go on a spontaneous trip to Arizona or to Europe or Greece or whatever? It's like, Oh, I don't know if I could afford that this year. And instead of saying, I can't afford that. When we change the language to how can I afford that? And what do I need to do to make that possible? You know, that's, that's what living is all about being able to say yes more. Yes. Yes. to the things that are, we really desire to do. And I mean, I think a piece of that actually comes in is being able to say no, right? No to the things that mm-hmm. aren't aligned. And when you have resources, when you have money available, you can say no. You you don't necessarily have to go in and take the job because you need the money. You could say, no, I don't want that job. No, I don't want that client. No, this doesn't work for me. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's actually what happened to me last year. I was um, headhunted through a network, a personal network of mine last year and was for a private equity firm in Vancouver. They wanted me to come in and essentially work as a consultant for their financial advisors and teach them how to grow their personal brand in the financial planning space, teaching them to get online on, on videos and stuff. And they also wanted me to do all these other you know, activities within their business that I didn't feel aligned to. And they offered me a salary that some would consider a good salary. I mean, it was sort of 90 grand a year, but then they said, oh, by the way, we, we expect you to, to be available when we need you. And I said, well, what does that mean? And then they said, well, sometimes we're going to have to go away to events on weekends, or, you know, sometimes there might be a 45 to 50 hour week and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, wait a minute. That's not what I want to do. I got out of this industry for a reason. I mean, I'm happy to come in and do consulting 10 to 20 hours a week or, you know, on an, uh, on, on my schedule, that's the point of being mm-hmm. a consultant, but I don't want to be in a contract where, you know, sure the money would be nice, but it's just, if you're not aligned to it, and then it just feels like putting on those golden handcuffs and the shackles again. And it's really empowering to be in a position where you can turn down a job because you don't have to have it and, yeah. and you don't have to be there. Yeah, right? absolutely. Oh my gosh. I feel like I, so I just read, it, I mean, it was a little while ago. Now it was on the news, how George Clooney just turned down a, it was a commercial for an airplane. I don't remember what airline it was. And they were going to pay him, I think, $350,000 for just like one day's worth of of filming or a few hours worth of filming to create this commercial. And he said no, no, because he didn't align with the values of the company and he didn't want to take time away from his family. Yeah. 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 And I think that as humans, the ability to say no and 
I don't want to do that is one of the most empowering, you know, things that we can say. And we don't say no enough. You know, there's so many people pleasing people out there or, or personalities out there where we feel like if a friend invites us to dinner and we just don't want to go, we might have work to do. We might have something else. We might need to go to the gym because we've been, you know, eating like crazy over the last couple of weeks or months or whatever. And we just say, actually, I just don't want to come for dinner that night. <laughs> like I don't, ha- I don't want to have to justify it or explain it. It's like, I just don't want to, but we so often are afraid of turning somebody down and just saying no, that we end up selling ourselves short and what we really want, because we'll be like, Oh, I, you know, I haven't, haven't seen that person in a while. I probably should say yes. And then all of a sudden we're saying no to ourselves and we're choosing to put other people first, which is something that a lot of people struggle with. Yeah. And it slowly eats away at your confidence, slowly eats away at your soul, really to be truthful. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So you've had a lot of life experience with your travels, with work, with building your business. So along the way, there has to have been some people who have crossed your path or you've seen from afar who have been super expanders for you to have really had such an extraordinary life to date. So I'd love for, love to know who they are. Tell, tell me a story about a super expander. Yeah. And you know, what's um, interesting because just before we started recording, we were talking about one person who's had an impact, but as I mentioned, uh, you know, when you said what was, um, what was somebody, you know, how did I get into my business? And I was talking about how I went to that personal development event and I've seen the speaker now three times and his name is David T.S. Wood. And he is an absolute genius when it comes to personal development. And he has single-handedly changed my perspective on how I look at the world because he was really who introduced me to thinking outside the box, coloring outside the lines. And David Wood, he's also got a podcast, I believe, or maybe it's a YouTube channel. Um, But anyway, he's he's a public speaker and does speaking all over the world. And what he talks about is how when we look at something that happens to us, it's an event. Now, I might butcher this for a second. So let me let me think about it. So an event plus a story equals a problem. So if something happens, let's say, um, you know, our, our boss yells at us at work, what we make that mean is up to us. So we can either say, I'm bad. I'm not good at my job. I, you know, we, we can write this story. And then all of a sudden that story can go with us into future job interviews, prospecting with clients, you know, can give us that imposter syndrome or something like that. But he goes, when you choose to rewrite that story, you then become in control because life happens, but it's what we take as the meaning from those events that happen in our life that determine the outcome for us. Another example would be, let's say that same boss yelled at us and then we change our story to mean okay, well, that's his, you know, that's his stuff. Whatever he's going through in his life is his stuff. But I know that I'm great at my job. 
And I know that I don't deserve to be treated like this. So I'm going to go and put myself in, a, in an, with an employer who has different values, who has better people communication, has different leaders who, who lead by example, not by threats or aggression or whatever. And then you can totally change your story about that event that happened. And this is one thing that, you know, maybe that wasn't the best example, but we have this ability to change our reaction to everything, to, to control our reaction rather, to everything that happens in our life. And when I started going to these events, I realized that, you know, I was complaining about my job. I didn't like that I had to go in and, and deal with a boss who was yelling at me, which is why I gave that example. And I started to realize slowly, slowly, because as I mentioned, when I first went into this very first event, I was in a dark place. I was going through an expensive legal separation with my ex-partner at the time. It was absolutely draining my, my you know, mental health and, and everything else. And I had this real negative attitude where I justified my pain because of external events. Oh, this happened. He did this. They did that. I didn't get this because of that person. And it was that blame game of the world around me sucks. So therefore my life sucks. But then when I started going to these conferences and learning about how to rewrite my story and my reaction, it completely changed my outlook on everything in my life. Because I started to realize that sometimes life is going to throw you a curveball. Sometimes there's going to be a pandemic that changes everything for you. But it's the meaning that you attach to it and the decisions that you make about what happened that affects your outcome. So, so true. I, and I love that you like had that experience and have gone through that shift and that transformation because so I, I kind of want to go back and, and ask when you started to change your outlook essentially everything around you started to change right because when we 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 basically fixate or see things when we're in a certain frame of mind or a certain mm -hmm. like emotional state and that's all we see it's like almost, you know, you, you see a car that you, you are interested in buying. We'll just say a Honda civic for, for lack of a, a better. <laughs> so you decide you're going to buy a Honda civic and then everywhere you turn, all you see is Honda civics are like everywhere because of the fact that it's now at the forefront of your mind. It's actually the, it's called RAS, your reticular activation system. So it basically, your mind just keeps looking for it, looking for it, looking for it. And it's the same way when we have a certain state of mind or emotional state, when we think that things are awful, that's essentially, we continuously look for things to be awful and you can find awful in every situation you can find good in every situation and isn't it so much more pleasant so much more easy so much more peaceful to choose to see the good and put yourself in control of that yeah yeah absolutely and that's one thing that i find so many people struggle with i have a question for you have you joined the Super Expander free mentorship community? If not, 
What are you waiting for? Stop what you're doing right now and text the word mentor to 202-918-3235. Text the word mentor to 202-918-3235. I send out weekly tips and inspiration to help you grow your business, to step into your wealthiest, most highest self, to harness your full potential and live an exceptional and extraordinary life. And the best part is it's really me sending those messages. So text me, say hello, and send me your questions. There's this self-pitying um, poor me mentality of things that happen, but things that bad things happen all the time. We can take it. For example, I, I just launched my first online course and it, the, the launch did not go to plan. I spent thousands of dollars on the launch and it, to me, it was a complete flunk. Right. And in my head, I spent hundreds of hours on this program. And to me in my head, at first, I was like, well, that really sucked. I can't believe that that happened. I'm so upset about this. And there was a, there was a moment in time where I was crying for three days straight. And then I said to myself, okay, but this is just how life goes sometimes. As an entrepreneur, you're not going to get it perfect. It's not, it's never going to be, you know, one perfect launch into another perfect launch. And all of a sudden you're making six figures in your first three months in business. It just doesn't work like that. Right. So it's like, okay, how do I take what I learned from that launch process? Cause it was the very first time that I did it. I wrote down on a big whiteboard, all of the things that I thought went well, and all of the things that I could, could have improved on now knowing how it went. And all of the things that I could improve on are lessons. They're not things that I failed in. They're not things that I screwed up in or that I'm bad as an entrepreneur or I suck at my business because I didn't know how to do it properly or whatever, like email marketing. I didn't know that that was a whole beast of its own. So, you know, <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, I screwed up the email marketing. And in my head, I'm like, fuck. Sorry, I don't know if we're allowed to swear on here, but it's like in my head, I'm like, and in my head, I'm like, oh my God, how did I not know that that was going to be such a big part of my launch? But looking back, I'm like, okay, now I know what I need to learn. I need to improve my knowledge of email marketing. I know that I need to have the right people in my team that can help me facilitate that for the next launch, because I now know that that is a key important factor in a successful program launch. But you can look at it as a failure, or you can look at it as a learning experience. What did I take away from that, you know, undesirable result so that I can do it better next time? There is no such thing as failure. There is only feedback. Yep. Feedback or growth, right? <laughs> Lessons. There, yep. Feedback it is. Uh, so first, I want to commend you for sharing that so transparently, um, so vulnerably, because <laughs> there is a a thing happening out there in this, especially in this online space of people inflating what is going on with their launches 
pretending that they went differently than they did. And the truth is we've all had failed launches. We've all had things where nobody showed up to them. And the defining difference really is A, being, I think, transparent about it because people mm-hmm. need to hear that. And two is just continuing to show up, no, whether it's for one person or 1,000 people. It's the biggest, it's the biggest piece. You just have to keep yep. showing up. Yep. Yeah. And that was, that's actually a good segue into this, uh, this one a lady who I also uh, met early on in my sort of personal development career. And she said, let's say you host a live webinar and you market it and you're, you know, you're so excited. You put hours and hours and hours of work into it and only one person shows up. And in our head, we think, oh, it's not worth it. I can't believe only one person showed up. You know, I put all this effort in and blah, blah, blah. And she goes, but what if you change your mindset to say, now I get to work one-on-one and change this person's life or to, you know, have an impact on this one person. And what if that one person takes what they've learned from you and goes for a home run with it? Yeah. then it's not, then it doesn't matter. Right. And that's kind of what happened with my launch. Uh, You know, I, I can look at it as a failure, but at the end of the day, I still had purchasing customers. And even though it was probably 10% of what my goal was like, and you know, that's a small percentage, right? 10%. It's like, but what if those, that those people that actually purchased and went for it, what if they all of a sudden completely rewrote their money story, changed their spending habits, got themselves out of debt and started investing, even though there's only a you know, handful of them? That's a life-changing outcome for those people. Yeah, even though they're impact. My, yeah, that's impact. And that's the ultimate goal. So, you know, did I hit my financial numbers? Absolutely not. Did more than zero people purchase the course? Yes. Yes. So good. <laughs> something that someone told me once that, uh, which was something that even, it's just a reminder things that we know, but it does really, I think, flip the script on being able to show up super powerfully when it is like you, you want it 20 in your program and, and you, you got one, whatever it happens to be that one person there's the chance to change their life. But that one person represents an entire network of other yep. people. Absolutely. And truly, all is needed to change the trajectory of your business is one person telling another person and telling another person. But yep. when you change one person's life, it's rare that they're going to only tell one person. And you have no idea who is in their network. And they tell five people. And those five people represent another whole each network for each one. Absolutely. You've just grown your network exponentially. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that is one of the biggest things that beginner entrepreneurs or beginner creators, whatever you, I don't like the term influencer because I think it's got a bad reputation, but anybody who is starting to show up in their, in their zone of genius they think that they need to all of a sudden have thousands of people buying their course, liking their photos, following them on Instagram. And we get so obsessed with these ego metrics that we forget about what the actual message is. If we could change three people's lives 
Like to me, I would consider that to be successful because if you can change three people's lives, that's three people that are in a better place than what they were in before they met you. And then, as you said, those three people can then tell 10 people. And before you know it, yeah, it might be a slow running start, but there's the hockey stick analogy, right? Where when you first start in business, you're going, you're going, you know, and I'm, your listeners can't see what I'm doing with my hand right now, but you're essentially going horizontal with your impact. And then all of a sudden people catch on to what you're doing and it goes straight up into a vertical increase in, in your reach of people now knowing who you are. It might be somebody that's heard your podcast on heard like heard me speak on your podcast all of a sudden they start following me and my podcast, then they buy my course and then they tell all of their friends and then, you know, so on and so forth. So it's not about the numbers. It's not about the ego metrics. It's about how can you have impact on people's lives? Because when you have impact, they will share with their friends. Absolutely. That's the, I think that's the tipping point of where people start to notice people too, that yeah. it's, it's like that overnight success and you don't see all of the time that was going exactly. and effort that was going on way before when they were just not even recognized. You didn't, they weren't on your radar. You didn't know who they were. Yeah. And all of a sudden now they're on your radar and you're like, oh my gosh, they like went, they blew up overnight, but they had been, they launched you know, 10 programs before that they've no. been posting on Instagram for years before they got all of all of the followers and all of the buyers. The other flip side to that too, is especially in that realm of at that entry point of sort of being uh, in the beginner stage, we all tend to have this desire to serve a lot of people in a program. But the truth is there's not an energetic capacity there yet to serve. So we want these big numbers. And oftentimes it's actually a miraculous gift from the universe that we only got the number that we did because serving a larger number of people requires you to be able to show up at a different level. And sometimes that's mm -hmm. not where we are. Like our ego wants the numbers, our ego wants the, the money, but yet we're not necessarily the, the person that we need to be to serve that number of people. Yep. Yep. And you hit the nail on the head there because I actually had a conversation with uh, one of our colleagues from the mastermind, um, Michaela McNatt. She is an NLP coach and her and I caught up right at the beginning of the mastermind and we were sort of co-coaching each other. I was coaching her on money and she was coaching me on NLP and um, which is neuro-linguistic programming for the listeners that aren't familiar with that uh, term. But what she said to me, because one of the questions she asked me was, how are you feeling about business these days? And I said, well, you know, I really feel like I need to work with a few more clients but there are things in my business that are just not running smoothly. And she said, well, do you feel like you have the emotional capacity to take on more clients? And I thought about that and I'd never kind of heard that term emotionally available. Are you emotionally available to take on more clients? Because from a bank account perspective, I'm like, yeah, I could take on more clients, you know, and, and I'm more of a numbers gal. And that's why, you know, we, we click so well is because we sort of have differing zones of genius. I thought, I don't even really know what she means by that. And she goes, do you think that you could authentically show up and serve more clients based on this, the state that you're in right now? And I immediately answered no. I was like, I am not in a place where I could take, this was, you know, 
couple months ago, I was like, I am not energetically available for more clients at the moment because I'm trying to do too many things at once. And I would not be showing up from a place of authenticity for my clients. It would be from a place of scarcity or desperation or need, as opposed to showing up with the true energy that I need in order to get my clients results, because it's about them. It's not about me. Yeah. And what a liberating revelation. All of a sudden it took a lot of pressure off, right? Because totally. now instead of like reaching for these numbers of clients, yep. it was like, oh, okay, who do I need to be then to get that number of clients? Now I got to go to go in my back end of my business and figure that out. I got to gain clarity. I've got to refine things, whatever it happened to be. It was like, oh, now I know what I need to do. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And that was, that was a really empowering conversation. And so, you know, when you ask the question, who's one of my super expanders, even though that was only one conversation and Michaela and I have probably had, I don't know, three or four conversations now, that was an eye-opening question. That one question, it was like, are you energetically available? And I, I can't remember if that's the exact term she used. She basically made me think like, yes, I want that, but can I deliver? Am I ready? Yes. And you know what, here's something super potent. When you start to think about that, if you had those numbers and you served them, not as your best self, think about the damage that actually can do to your business. Right. Because then maybe they walk away, they feel it, they know it Mm -hmm. and they're unhappy and bad word or negative, (laughs) negative press or feedback or things said they, those are hard to recover from, right? Yeah. It's people can say nice things about you and it just kind of, it lands for other people. But when somebody is like, Hey, and they say something not positive, it sticks out and you remember it. And it's definitely hard to recover from. So yeah, 10, 10 to one, they say, so it takes 10 positive experiences to replace one negative experience. Crazy, right? Yeah. It's like yeah, climbing because a people, yeah, people remember the negative more than they remember the positive. So as you said, you don't want to have those experiences. If you, for example, you know, if you got to work on the back end of your business to make it flow better so that they have a good purchasing or enroll, you know, registration experience. And then they, the emails that they get with the login information, like there's just so many little things that in a business need to work. And if you're so focused on those little things, which is what I was, you know, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't coming to a place of clarity to my sessions with my clients. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to finish the existing, but I'm not going to take on any new clients until I've dealt with my stuff. And yeah. now it's a different experience, right? It's like when you get those things out of the way, you can go, okay, now I've gotten all those things out of the way that I needed to do. And whether it's an experience or whether it's a task, you get it out of the way and then you can show up in your true self. So good. So, so good. So now that you have that all in order, mm-hmm. let's mm-hmm. kind of take a moment and like fast forward out for a year from now, because we're going to be doing this again here on this oh, podcast, for sure. you know, we're going to have a conversation and I'm going to ask you like, how's it going? You are looking to feel this way. So how do you want to feel this time next year? What is your North star? What is the thing really guiding you, fulfilling you that you're reaching for? Great question. So one of the things, I mean, from a, from a technical perspective, I want to have a passive income stream coming from my online courses 
so that I can work as a coach in areas that I feel super aligned to. For example, speaking on stages at live events. Obviously, live events are not really a thing at the moment, but in a year from now, I want to be able to fly to whatever city and get on stage and speak at an event, but not be reliant on the income from that event because I've got a thriving business happening in the background. So from a place of abundance, I want to have you know my, my thriving business, but I also want to be able to impact more lives. So that word impact is what really drives me. And one of my core values is also freedom. So freedom to move around as I please take a speaking uh, opportunity. If I, if I am offered one or turn it down, if it's not in alignment with where I'm at at the time of that event and, you know, working with badass women across all different industries, whether they're CEOs, whether they're entrepreneurs, whether they're mid-level management women, and working with these women to change the way that they have their attitude towards money. So I don't know if that answers the question, but you know, having a thriving business that's ticking away in the background, but also being able to show up and, and create that impact in, in ways that I choose to do so. Yeah. So it's, so it's freedom. Freedom is driving mm -hmm. you freedom to, yeah, to yeah. drive impact, to create the ripple effect, to, to create a legacy really. Yep. Um, I love yep. that. I love that. Okay. So, you know, it's, it's kind of starting to be time to land the plane here. Cause I know that you have, you have got things to do. You got, you have passive income to build. <laughs> And, and, and lives to change. So I'd love to know if you were to give your younger self just this, a juicy nugget of advice, what would it be? And I know this, this question is so, so cliche, but I think that there's so much value, value in our learned experiences that really helps people collapse time. And I feel like this particular moment, it's like, um, it's like a super expander moment for other people. So how can you expand other people through an, some sort of nugget of advice that you might give to your younger self? Yeah, that's a really, really great question. And, and I have to say, because of all of my traveling and world experience in my twenties, I was also a really big spender on material things. And I wasted so much money on stuff, clothes, shoes, cars, bags, you know, all that stuff. And none of it matters. None of it is something that you remember in your thirties. And I would, if I was to give myself one piece of advice, don't spend money on things, spend money on experiences, spend money on things that are going to move the needle for you events, travel, you know, go live in a different country, but don't waste your money trying to build your ego with material things, because that is something that we're so guilty of. And it just has, when you look back, you never remember the handbag that you bought or the shoes that you wore to the party. You remember the party, you remember the, the holiday or the experience, nothing else matters. Oh, yes. So I feel like a question then for everyone to ask themselves before they're making a purchase is, is this going to enrich 
my life? Is it going to enrich me as a person before, before you swipe the card? Yeah. And am I going to remember this in 10 years? That's another one. I mean, I feel like a Chanel bag might actually still have that in 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) The only handbag that goes up in value. (laughs) I just had to add add that in there because I do still like nice things. Don't get me wrong, but I do think that that's like, (laughs) I think that is a powerful, powerful question to ask before you make a purchase on something and think about how many times, actually, it kind of makes me think of online shopping for, it's like, let's hold a pause for all the things that were in my online, in my cart, because just sometimes the action of putting in your cart and pausing for a minute and asking the question, do I really need this? And then you never go back and get it. Five, if you, if you still want it five days later or five weeks later, maybe it's a thing. Yeah, absolutely. So good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So how can the listeners find you? How can they enter your world? What's the best way for them from, to get in touch with you? Yeah, great. So Instagram is definitely my uh, platform of choice. So I actually have two Instagrams. I've got my personal Instagram, which was was originally my main account. So that's at sandra.m.joe. But my business account is at makethatmoney.honey. And that's H-U-N-N-I. And that's the name of my financial podcast as well. So if you do love podcasts, as you are listening to this podcast, definitely go and check out my podcast, make that money honey and that's available on all the platforms so they can check me out on instagram check out my podcast if they want to check out my financial coaching programs and my website it's sandra joe joe.com sandra joe.com and all of my information and ways to connect with me are on my website as well amazing that of course will be in the show notes but definitely go give the podcast a listen and pop one over to her instagram give her a follow say hi Woohoo. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm going to get you on my show as well. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I can't wait. Thank you so much for for being here, for sharing your wisdom and, and taking the time. So fun. I appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you so much. And let's go make that money, honey. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I will get you guys on the next episode. If you like what you heard, stop, drop, and leave a five-star review and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. As always, the best way that you can thank our amazing guests is to share your biggest takeaway and then tag us on social media.